Welcome to Hero Hoopla. Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of saving the world. My name's Jamie Clare, and I'm here with my good buddies to talk about the excellent new Marvel movie, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. I'm joined... Wakanda Forever! (laughs) I'm joined by the interrupting Wakandan, Andy Smith. Andy Smith here, connoisseur of many nerdy things, DC, Marvel, all of our nerdy properties here. I'm excited to talk about the spoiler-filled Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Great movie. It was just a delight to watch. We'll get into it here. And we have everybody's favorite mutant, Chris Pio. Hey guys, Chris here, back for the spoiler review. Really excited to jump into Hero Hoopla. You can follow me online, Apple underscore underscore Pio on Twitter, at Apple Pio on Instagram. And as well, find our Hero Hoopla Twitter and Instagram accounts. That's just at Hero Hoopla for both. And also follow our main hub account, the Hoopla Podcast Network. That's at Hoopla Podcasts on Twitter and at Hoopla Podcasts on Instagram. We'd love to interact with you. Let us know what you think about this review, as well as all of our other content. Go back and watch Hobbit Hoopla. Listen to Hobbit Hoopla, as well as our Holocron Hoopla Star Wars episodes coming out here littered in between. So uh, thanks for engaging with us. Thanks for listening along. And oh my gosh, T'Challa has a son. Spoilers. Spoilers. No spoilers. We're getting early spoilers. Wow. I hope you guys read the title of this episode because it is spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that was very spoilery. (laughs) (laughs) You threw out. You went right to it. Right to it. You really did. Wow. I've had that bit in the chamber for a little while. (laughs) Yeah, you were ready to fire that gun. And... Joining us to round out the crew, we have someone who's going to give us an even more important spoiler. We have the president of the Queen Ramonda fan club, Jake Laxer. <laughs> oh, get Angela Bassett an Academy Award. Please. Yes. <laughs> she deserves it. Oh my god, that would lift me up, you know what I'm saying, Rihanna? Jake Laxer here, lover of all things <laughs> TV and movies. What an incredible film. Cannot wait to dive into Wakanda again. Yeah, let's let's do the thing. Let's talk about Namor and some more. Namor and more and more. <laughs> yeah, this was a great movie, so I'm excited to get into it. Our first episode of the Hero Hoopla podcast. For anybody who hasn't listened to one of our podcasts before, we've been watching and reviewing all sorts of fantasy sci-fi series. We did the first season of the Hobbit Hoopla podcast, watching the Rings of Power, and we're currently in the middle of season two, doing Holocron Hoopla, watching the wonderful Star Wars show Andor. So go check out those shows. If you haven't seen them yet, come check out our podcast. We're happy to have everybody join the Hoopla. And here we are for episode one of Hero Hoopla, diving into the world of superheroes, getting into the MCU with Black Panther 2, Wakanda forever. So let's just get into it, guys. What did we think of this movie? Let's start with Andy. Initial impressions? Jamie, I loved this movie. It it was a beautifully, like we said in the non-spoiler review, it it was beautifully shot. The costume designs were just incredible, as they were in Black Panther 1. The writing of the movie and how they dealt with, you know, the passing of T'Challa, and then kind of throwing us twists and turns throughout the movie with Angela Bassett's character, Queen Ramonda, her death. Like, there was so many interesting kind of moments during the movie. But to me, 
the highlight was Namor, that civilization, how they weaved it into this Mayan culture. Talokan. Just beautiful. I was excited hearing that Namor was coming in as the villain to the movie, and I thought that they pulled it off. He is, in the, the comics, a little odd of a character with his wings on his feet, but it just it was mutant. pulled off so well. And yeah, and they weaved in, of course, the mutant, and yeah. we can get into that. Oh, man, oh, just we will. the wings on his feet. I loved the way they had him fly yeah. when he was just like yeah. running through the air. Something yeah. about how they filmed it in the visual effects on that, I thought was just really cool. Looking. It's Hermes! Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! We're bringing in more gods. <laughs> well, so, and Jamie, you say that, bringing in more gods, and, and this is something that we've seen a little bit more out of the Marvel Universe lately, obviously with Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, we God. Had a a <laughs> Do proverbial not. pantheon. Do not bring that, that movie up. Ooh. Whoa! What we got a oh, damn, we have some quick quick sidebar to address this <laughs> quick interlude What's going on into there, the Jake? Black Panther oh, two review. It sounds like it sounds like Jake Thor. did not enjoy Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> I did not. That is the worst film in the MCU universe. Oh! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Hit, him hit him with the big yeah. take. Hot take. That hot is take. Oh my take God. God. I love that movie. Wow! Thor: Love and Thunder I mean, was abysmal. It wasn't. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk yeah, uh, no, no, we're talking about this right now. <laughs> Quick sidebar, sixty seconds. Look, it wasn't Ragnarok, but you think it's the it's worst MCU film? It's not as bad worse. as Dark World. No, what? it was worse than Dark World. It was worse. Oh, than oh Dark World. no! Yeah. Wow! Yes, it was. Oh worse my! Than okay, God. this is going off the, the rails. The we the can't have saving these grace of that film about was <laughs> the only saving grace of that film was Christian Bale. Otherwise, it well, was all he was over great. the place. He was definitely oh, okay. Great. Okay, we're place. reeling it in well, because I just learned if we're having <laughs> takes this hot, it's got to be about an actual <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder review. We got to keep it on the rails you're here. Right, you're right. We you're gotta right. do Black Panther two: Wakanda Forever. So, but let's see if you have a hotter <laughs> wow. take about this movie, wow. Jake. Wakanda Forever. Well, what do you think? Chris is shook. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to finish my point because it's a good one. Again, regardless of how Jake feels about Thor Love and Thunder, we did see true literal gods being uh, pushed into the MCU here. And this movie is no exception with Kukul Khan. This is a, a real life god that, you know, obviously people were celebrating the culture wise and, and making offerings to and, and believing in. And, and this is something that we're seeing from the MCU a little more. We have to talk about power scale and how does things get bigger than the phase three Thanos thing? Obviously, uh, with, with Thanos and the Infinity Stones, you'd think, oh, yeah, you know, six stones that control all elements of reality. How do we get bigger than that? Well, this is part of it. I mean, we have gods that they're pulling, you know, from real life and, and all the way back in the days, you know, Jack Kirby, Stan Lee were pulling real life elements into their stories and they're playing it really well. I think none of the gods are too, uh, how do I want to put it? Uh, Maybe like Disney animated yeah. gods, you know, back you're thinking like Hercules. They're not, mm -hmm. they're not silly. They're serious. They're people that are human elements and, and they are protecting their civilizations and their people. And we get that a lot mm -hmm. here from Namor. It's similar to, to kind of connect that over to what we've seen in the past, uh, the Eternals. Like, it's very similar. I like yeah. how they're looking back at these civilizations and then... And I actually loved Eternals. I'll give you that Me one. Me too. I, I did like yeah, Eternals. Shut up, oh. Jake. You're in timeout. <laughs> <laughs> I like timeout. Thank you. But it, it was just great, like seeing kind of how the civilization interacts with Namor and how that's weaved into what we know about actual Mayan culture as well. 
Sure. Yeah, I thought that was really good. And and as Chris was mentioning, you know, power scales and coming back from the end of phase three with the entire universe getting cut in half, how, and Marvel's been <laughs> struggling with this in some of their more recent TV shows and movies, is how do you make an interesting danger for a movie or a TV show that lives up to the scale of what you're trying to do? We can't have all of the heroes come together for every single movie. So I think they did a really good job having a Wakanda-specific threat that could be dealt with just by the Wakandans without having to question, oh, why is Thor not here? Why is Captain Marvel not here? Yes, because that's no. always the question for all these new movies is Captain Marvel could save the day in half a second. But I think with this movie, they did a really good job taking that question off the table and just having a Wakanda-specific storyline with this Namor antagonist. This is what Marvel needed to do, though, right, with Phase 4, is they needed to basically re-jumpstart the story. We already had our major conclusion in Endgame, and so now we have our all our individual local, I'm quoting local, villains. Um, and sure. eventually, this will amount to a, a larger overarching body, whether it's, you know, as we've seen in Loki, Kang the Conqueror, as and that'll play out in Quantumania coming out this February. Uh, who knows how the Celestials will tie into that from Eternals, but something yeah, larger yeah. is at play. You know, the one tying element really through Phase 4, there isn't many, but Julia Louis... Julia Louis-Dreyfus playing Valentina Allegra de Fontaine is really the adhesive at this present time. Maybe she's yeah. going to form the Dark Avengers with U.S. Agent, and we'll sort of go from there. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's something sort of exciting to see going forward, but that's kind of where we're at. And we have mutants now. Yeah. Yeah. With Namor being a mutant, but there's some incredible characters who are dealing with the loss of King T'Challa the same way that in the real world we were all dealing with the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And I think that they did a fantastic job honoring Chadwick Boseman with this movie, with the way that they wrote into the storyline the passing of King T'Challa to mirror what was happening in reality and get right. to mm -hmm. mourn his passing both on screen and off screen. I think they did a fantastic job with that. You know who else I think did a fantastic job was our star of the show, Latita Wright, as Shuri, was this conduit for us to experience that loss mm -hmm. in a very real sense, but also on mm -hmm. screen. Not only did she continue to lose people throughout this story, this Wakanda Forever movie, but at the same time, she had to portray what it was like to lose a real friend, a real actor in mm -hmm. real life. And I think she did this perfectly. Like you said in the spoiler-free review, Jamie, there was some wonderful acting here. Angela Bassett, obviously top-notch and truly takes the cake. I, I yep. don't think anyone would disagree with that. But right behind her, Latita Wright, of course, is just top-notch in this film. I loved following her story, her progression. And of course, I love having a new Black Panther. Oh, she takes yeah. up that mantle. Yeah. She's more than deserving of it, both in-universe as well as an actress. And, and it's just so refreshing to see how they've kind of uh, reboots the wrong word because we knew that this movie was coming, but regained, re recuperated, and, and, and found a way to make the script work. Reinvigorated yeah. is exactly right. Great Not to mention the in-universe pun with the fact that obviously she found the, the heart-shaped herb, the recipe for it. I thought that the through line there to start the movie that way, how you know she 
in this panic when T'Challa was technically still alive, she was trying to save him, trying to re- recover the herb, trying to get that DNA right. And they made that very obvious for the audience with the visual DNA strands, which was so cool to see the confidence level, which by the way, the AI voiced by Trevor Noah, which is just a nice touch. Mm. Oh, that was Trevor little, Noah? Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It was, oh, yeah. Wow. little out of universe, little uh, interesting thing. I don't think he really belongs in the MCU, but he now has a role in it. So <laughs> That's there you cool. Go. Uh, oh. But the confidence level, the whole, you know, can we get the herb right? Can we get restorative powers out of this herb that's full of vibranium? And she fails, and that sticks with her through the entire movie. It's why she can't move on that one year later time jump. But at the very end, obviously, we see that she does successfully create the herb and takes up the mantle of Black Panther. Yeah, and how about Tita Wright gets the flowers for sure? How about when yeah. she does finally become Black Panther? She goes on her little soul quest. How about Killmonger yeah. showing oh, up? Yeah, Michael plans. B. How shocking was that moment? Yeah, having Michael B. Jordan reprising that role that was, was crazy. Awesome. As great as the moment was, I could have done without that. I understand that it was a conflict that she had to go through in the sense that there's a, a choice you have. You can be rage and vengeful, or you can be the hero who your people need you to be. And I think she saw that vision quest and, and kind of found a nice balance between vengeance as well as leading her people. And she understands that. But yeah. The reprisal was great. It was certainly a twist, as we talked about, you know, twists and turns through this film. But I don't know. I, I could have gone without it. I, I, I Here's something for maybe Andy here, our, our historian resident. Do you think they could have done what they did, you know, with Queen Leia? Could they have maybe mixed in some things or would that have been bad taste? Mm, like some actual... images of, of Chadwick, yeah. I I liked what they did, not bringing in Chadwick in any way other than in kind of the past scenes that we saw him in the very end of the movie. Yeah. I, I think they... Oh, they, and the, the title card? We haven't talked about that. I, I think they oh, made the title very, card was beautiful. That was such was. a beautiful... Yeah. Go ahead, Andy. They made a concerted effort or a kind of a, a, a decision that there was a lot of people that said, should we go and recast Chadwick Boseman yeah. uh, as T'Challa, mm-hmm. as a, a different actor? Or should we do, you know kind of that facial thing that we've seen with Luke Skywalker, Queen Leia, they can do that now. But I, I thought it was good to move on, honor him throughout the full movie. And you talked about it. The narrative for Letitia Wright's character, Shuri, with the robes. And at the beginning of the movie, when she's with her mother and they're honoring their brother a year later with burning the robes. And then yep. that coming full circle in the end where then she burns the robes for both of them. I thought that was yeah. such a good narrative kind of arc and a great writing mm-hmm. uh, by Ryan Coogler as well to kind of have that full, uh, y- you know, like where she is in her story now. So you were kind of touching on something that spoke to me as one of the overarching themes, and that was overcoming grief. And that's sort of Shuri's journey throughout this film. In terms of seeing Killmonger as the only face in the ancestral plane when she transcends to that realm, For me, initially, I was kind of put off by it because Killmonger, he sort of convinces her that she's more like himself and wanting to take the world. But historically, at least in the MCU, we've seen Shuri being this great influence and positive influence in Wakanda. She's, you know, saved Agent Ross previously. She's been such an advancement and proponent for technology in Wakanda. She tried to save Vision. You know, she was even enthusiastic about spearheading 
the outreach center in Oakland at the end of Black Panther 1. Yeah. Yeah. But in my mind, this is a culmination of eight years of just overwhelming tragedy and loss. And it's now transcending to the point where she's reaching the stage of grief, anger. And I think in seeing and being in that mental state and then seeing Killmonger, it makes sense. Sure. And, that, and that's mm. the thing for me. You know, she goes through the five stages throughout this movie. And in the last scene when she is burning those robes like you spoke about, Andy, she's reaching acceptance. And so that, that was sort of my perception of it. Do I, do I think Chadwick would have been an unbelievable, you know, addition to that scene? Yes. Do I think it was the right thing to leave it him out? It did give you that, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it did. It, it gave kind of the, because she saw Killmonger, it gave you kind of that moment at the end when she is fighting Namor. Where is she going to do? Like, yeah. Are right. they going to do the real big turn? And maybe she does kill Namor. We didn't, right. you know, this is an MCU film. You don't often see that. But in the moment, in my mind, I wasn't 100% sure. Is she going to go down that path as like maybe a little bit right. darker? Or is she going to take what her mother said? Is she going to not be vengeful? Is she going to turn away from Killmonger and be more like T'Challa? Right. And so that, I guess, is, you know, the bargaining aspect of grief. And... At that point, for me, I felt almost a little conflicted because I felt like she accepted this path of going down this dark route. But Queen Ramonda is written to have this line that brings her back to the ritual ceremony in Black Panther 1 when she speaks to T'Challa, saying, show them who you are. Yeah. And I think that line it just becomes all the more powerful and really is why she recognizes who she is as a person yet again. Yeah, I think the characters, Queen Ramonda, Shuri, and Okoye, really stole the show in this movie. Yeah. Oh, no uh, doubt. And I mentioned this a little bit in the spoiler-free review, but the fact that there wasn't a singular Black Panther character who was the head of this movie, who was the superhero that this movie was based on, but it was an ensemble of all these Wakandans, I think really benefited the movie as a whole to have these four or five just incredible actresses take yes. over this entire movie and from the queen Ramonda to the smartest person in the entire world Shuri with this incredible technology that she's <laughs> right. advancing we also get another incredibly intelligent new character who maybe we can talk a little bit about this new character Riri who shows up did we think that she yeah. fit well into this movie what, what did everybody think I thought that this was the piece of the movie that I liked the least was the introduction to Riri Williams. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And not Dominique not... Thorne's portrayal, no, right? who was no, excellent, by the way. That's a great clarification, Chris. Correct. I think she would be good in a different, in a different movie or in a different show, which we're going to get with Ironheart, the TV series, a little bit later. Right. It seemed like another way for MCU to create another side character that then they can expand out with rather than having a character that makes sense in that storyline. The movie was pretty long. They could have it tightened it up long. by removing some of that story arc that didn't really in the end affect too much. And also Agreed. one thing I did, mm -hmm. I didn't like the suit. <laughs> I know this is a nitpick <laughs> thing. I thought the suit was, uh, it didn't feel real. It was very CGI. 
It was clean. Mm, yeah. It just didn't feel in the same vein. One of the CIA agents literally goes, she's got an Iron Man suit. I thought that was so lame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was maybe my worst line of the It film. also didn't look like an Iron Man suit. It looked like yeah. someone colored it on a page. Right. Like it yeah. didn't look it like cartoony. A, it looked car- yeah. that's a great way to put it. It was very cartoony. Um and yeah. You know, now, that wasn't will... the only ridiculous armor in the film. There was also the Midnight Angel armor that was also kind of bu- buggy. Oh, buggy that was ridiculous. Odd. Yeah, that was weird. I hated that too. Any suits in this film were not great. Right. As great <laughs> as Ruth Carter was with costume design and everything, I yes. don't believe she was consulted on the suits because truthfully i did not think the suits looked good right everything else crushed it why did okoye's have to have that face like why why did yeah and then it it dissipated with the nanotech so she could say one line and, and then it went back, back. I, oh my god <laughs> I, I, it stuck out to me i will say the acting was fine but there didn't yeah there did seem this is like nothing against dominique thorne who i'm excited to see in Ironheart and the mcu going forward that 100 she's introduced as a character here and or as more as an actress excuse me and by golly she had some of the best you know one-liners that marvel wit in the mcu that we've been getting mm. used to she's oh, fantastic yeah. i'm excited for her but you're right andrew it's it's something where in these marvel movies where they introduce these new characters that are going to come into the future phases we get like a glimpse maybe a five minute ten minute cameo she was a, a big part of the plot here. Yeah. And I just, again, nothing against her acting. She, she was phenomenal in the film. I just, you're right. They could have cut 20, 30 minutes out of this movie by getting rid of that. Sure. I will say really quick, I did enjoy her individually acting, but there didn't seem yes. to be that much chemistry between that character and a lot of the surrounding characters. And I think it goes into the place where the, the character itself just seems out of place and shoehorned into a storyline, into a setting that doesn't fit. Like the fact yeah. that Riri Williams, this Ironheart character, is in Talokan, that doesn't fit in my mind. So, what you're speaking to is exactly sort of my, I guess, buying into the character, I'll say. Originally, mm. I was sort of turned mm. off to the like the fiery super genius sort of character that they were developing, but. Then I kind of realized we don't really have a character like Riri Williams yet in the MCU. And so I got kind of excited for it. And I honestly think it just allows, you know, this specific person in the MCU, this character, to just have the greatest potential. You know, I, mean, I, I, I think have they could Spider-Man, take the character right? anywhere. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man's so, a, a teenage I'm, genius. Yeah, young genius. And so vibe, is Shuri. Yeah. And Shuri. Yeah. But in terms of her specific persona. I think she's right. Different. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's different. There's difference. Riri feels most like a kid in this world. Right. Yeah, if I, I agree with that. What you're she does have say. a unique personality compared to all the other kind of cut and paste superheroes. Yeah, and that's what you need to expand the universe. And so I, I actually appreciated yeah. the directing decision to to have her manifest herself in that way. Yeah, I, I think she, again, the actress did a great job. But I agree with Andy on this one that I don't think it really fit the story as well as it could have. I think they could have just had the scientist who came up with this vibranium detector just be uh, the professor at MIT. Then mm-hmm. it's someone that we don't care about. The Wakandans protect that professor just out of the goodness of their heart, just like they're doing to protect yeah. Riri. You know, they sure. have the same motivation, whether it's Riri or if it's a professor who doesn't matter. And then we just tighten up the script a little bit don't have too much clutter and excess storylines 
because I really don't think they needed to have that character in the movie. But I am excited to see where she goes. And when we do get this Ironheart TV show, I think it's going to be great because yeah. it was a great introduction for her as a character. I just don't think it was good for the movie as a whole. Sure. One character I was happy to have back in this film was Lupita Nyong'o's character, yeah. Nakia, was an excellent, I, I don't think you can call it a cameo. I think towards the second and, and certainly the third act, she was certainly part of the plot. So cameo right. is out the window here. Uh, but it, she was just phenomenal. I, I mean, to take a bigger step back, so many of these actors, not necessarily learning the languages, but having the dialects and and having to transmit those languages on screen. Mm-hmm. However much they practice doesn't matter, but they all sounded excellent. That sounds great. And we've got three or four or five different languages. Some of them yeah. made up, some of them kind of pieced together, but a, a lot of them very cute. Yeah, like French? Nakia, what is that? Yeah, the French and, and the Haiti, and uh, I, that was a, a great plot element. It, it Obviously, we, we learn why that she's in Haiti later, and it's a very important element for the future of the MCU, but... Having Nakia back was was excellent. Lupita was was wonderful to have in this film as well. So I'm really glad to see her. Uh, other recurring characters as well were, were great, but uh, she as a recurring character was was certainly a refreshing thing to see. Because we didn't know if we'd see her. I agree. And I'll be honest, I was kind of hoping that she would actually be the one to put on the black Panther suit. Me too. Uh, I, I thought I, she was. I personally, I, I, yeah, yeah. I personally thought that's where they were going to be going with it, and I would have loved that decision, but I, I still think Shuri or Letitia Wright was, was perfect in, in terms of being crowned Black yeah. Panther, if you will. I thought it was great because they, they weaved Nakia's character because she's in Haiti. Uh, And she's near where Shuri's been captured and taken to. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a great way for Queen Ramonda to introduce Nakia, then Nakia to go and and find Shuri. And that was the highlight of the movie for me, is all the Talacan, that sequence. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I was going to say was, before we move on from Nakia, I actually, you know, we were wondering... I don't know. Maybe I was the only one, but uh, I think people were wondering. <laughs> I agree. I was wondering as well, Jake. I also wonder where Lupita Nyong'o's character was during that leave of absence, that during that time frame. Um, and I think it actually makes sense that her character was gone for six years, right? Because yeah. after the blip, I mean, you imagine that she and T'Challa would have had a conversation that, you know, or they did have a conversation that they wanted their son raised outside of Wakanda. And, you know, if if T'Challa did actually pass away during the blip, you know, she would have stayed at the outreach center and, you know, raised her child then and not wanted to come back. So I think that all makes sense. Um, They did a good job of writing that and bringing it all together. One thing we have not talked about yet, which we definitely need to talk about, is the Dora Milaje. We've talked about the individual characters, but yeah, as, as a whole, you mean? Yeah, as a whole. Yeah, they're cool. The three starting scenes to this movie were so incredibly powerful. The first scene was the opening scene where Shuri's trying to make a medicament to save T'Challa. The second scene is Queen Ramonda is at, I'm assuming, the French UN Council. We see the Itas Uni name, like mm -hmm. United States nameplate. So I'm assuming, and, you know, they have French, but that's written in, in English. So I don't really know, but, you know, whatever. Point is, we get that cutscene to a different outreach center where they're being the Wakandan center is being breached by some mercenaries, and the Dora Milaje fucking tear their shit up. 
That was that was the most badass female action sequence I've seen. I think throughout all of the MCU, that was incredible. Where is your spear? Yeah, Shuri gave me these to try. <laughs> that was just so cool. And you guys, another great character, Michaela Coel. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, great. They... Jake, one one quick thing, I want to shout out uh, Ryan Airy over at Screen Crush when I was watching some extra content uh, on these uh, reviews and things like that to get prepared. That actor with the at the French Embassy is important. Richard Schiff is a storied actor, most famous probably for his role in the West Wing. But this is the mm. Estad Eunice, the, the guy that's sitting there questioning Queen Ramonda about you know vibranium, the resources and everything. Right. Brian Airy pointed out on a YouTube review here, Richard Schiff is no small order. You're not going to bring in a character of this status for just a quick scene in the courtroom. So he actually predicts that, uh, and we could talk about Theory's predictions all day, and certainly we will, but sure, sure, he actually sure. predicts that that's going to be a more important character here. So it was interesting to see that courtroom scene, which obviously Angela Bassett just just crushed. Oh my it, God. it echoes the King T'Challa scene from the very end of the first Black Panther, where he says, you know, fools build walls, wise people build bridges in times of crisis. And she's explaining the fact that, uh, look, we're ready to build bridges and, and continue that legacy that our previous King T'Challa, our, the Black Panther, has tried to do. But you're the one screwing us up. You're raiding our Vibranium Outrage Centers. You're, we have proof. And then bringing the French mercenaries in and making them kneel in oh, their own so language. so dope. was so was cool. So you're right, Jake. Those, those starting scenes, the way that they uh, yeah. layered them was, was a really cool way to intro. Yeah, and such an incredible actress in Hollywood. Denai Guerrero, she just killed the role of Okoye throughout Okoye. this whole film. Yeah, even through to the point where she was stripped of her rank for oh, having yes. Shuri slip through her fingers to the Talakan people. Man, how about that scene between Queen Ramonda oh. and Okoye in that throne? Oh, room? to be a fly on the wall we, during we, that set. Wow. We often talk about you know, how some of these actors, they're really able to emote so much with their face. Yes. In that moment when she begins to cry and is just in distress because she realizes she's out of favor with Queen Ramonda, that was just a wonderful moment. Like, probably one of the top moments in the scene, or in the movie. That was one of the best portrayals of emotion I think I've ever seen in Hollywood, honestly. I'll, I'll go that far. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Wow. That, it, it just felt Maybe not so, the best, but it, one of the best. It was. It just felt so real yeah. and authentic. Um, and the other, Absolutely. the other moment that I felt that same way was in the third scene at the beginning of the movie when we have T'Challa's funeral scene where they're you know celebrating his life, and Shuri mm. is crying over his casket. That mm. yeah. the emotional weight in that scene was unbelievable. And again, these actresses are doing such an unbelievable tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Exactly what Jamie said, like, because you didn't have Chadwick as the focal point of the movie, it had to be this kind of ensemble film. And those individual actors and actresses really filled that void um, sure. just right. wonderfully. We could talk about Wakanda forever, <laughs> but we do need to talk about the other province. The I'm sorry, we do. We need to talk we, about go underwater. Black Panther Two: The Way of Water. 
I mean, sorry, <laughs> Black Panther two. I was gonna, I was gonna make the Way of Water Dude. joke. Oh man, does James uh, Cameron yeah. and Disney have a like, like underground <laughs> deal? Was this a Avatar two promotion? It looked like no a preview knows. for Avatar two, or really did. James Cameron is either super happy or super pissed that they just stole Probably his pissed. whole movie. <laughs> probably upset this yeah. this is one of my as we do transition to talocon and, and talking about the people under the water one of my biggest initial gripes was seeing them as blue i i did not understand why i mean obviously this pulled from the comics way back when so maybe i'm questioning the great stan lee and jack kirby's decision but <laughs> the vibranium plant and meteor and everything we know about that element is purple why not just make them purple yeah mm. i don't know or just regular human color. I, I didn't get that. When, when Wakandans drink the chemicals. Because water is <laughs> blue, Chris. <laughs> Water's blue. I don't care. They get they turn blue on land in the flashback scene. It's it's because they become cyanotic. It's not a great explanation. It just is what it is. It, they, can only, they can only breathe they can't in the water. Breathe on, no, they can't breathe underwater, so then they're just they're dying. They're dying all the time. Yeah. <laughs> After we get past that initial Avatar reference, everything else about Talokan and, and the the people in this world, this this entire existence underneath the water, was fantastic. I I, I loved how they introduced this kind of sort of Atlantis based city under the water, forgotten city right. thing. The visuals when Shuri's going down in that suit mm. were a little clunky. Mm. To I didn't really understand like the the hyperspace. Uh, water rushing that was a little strange it just didn't it didn't work <laughs> it, remi- for me. it reminded me of finding nemo on <laughs> yeah. the way to 42 all the way sydney yeah. sherman 42 all the way sydney totally dude uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so chris we've seen you know at this point we've seen a lot of these like underwater types of movies like you see this in aquaman we're gonna see it in the way of water how did you think that these visuals ranked against say the last aquaman movie sure yeah again right up to the point of the introduction into the actual city i thought was you know oh yeah oh you dived into a water cave and you found a plant that's great oh the cave ends up going (laughs) deeper oh that's interesting oh there's a waterway that's activated by can anyone do that can only namor do that with the hand they all do they do it as a symbol to him at least right Right, but i mean more specifically that one that's that's the comparative wakanda forever symbol no i understand the hand symbol i mean plenty of cultures have hand symbols and things i'm talking specifically when he activates what activated it like how did that activate it can anyone do that trying to get home i'm not sure but regardless once we actually got to the city it was just so impressive visually to see people swimming around, I'm not sure how they filmed that. I, I'm excited to look into some more behind-the-scenes content mm. after we get this podcast I think James out, Cannon ruminated a whole right. documentary about it, so you'll have hours and hours of content. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just assume that there's, there's information out there. But yeah, seeing Talokan and, and seeing this vibrant people coming together away from the trials and tribulations of the world, slavery and the American industrial capital, or uh, they keep calling Martin Freeman's character, what a are, colonizer. Uh, colonizer. 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 Yeah. That's the word. Right. Yeah. Not capitalist, right. although you know, kind of one of the same, but right. the colonization <laughs> and the take. flashback <laughs> scenes where Namor's mother is is stricken down. Yeah. It just, it was really emotional. So, a uh, good origin story there, good origin story for the kingdom of Talokan. But the visuals were indeed stunning. I think 
the the vibranium light that comes out almost kind of like a sunrise mm-hmm. and he says i brought the sun to my people that was a really cool moment it really shown on the screen yeah. and and i really enjoyed the visuals here andrew yeah how big yeah. is this society of underground people because yeah namor mentioned that he would bring an army like thousand yes. times bigger than the wakandan army so it's a mess are they just the entire oceans all over the entire world is this civilization spread out the entire earth? How big are they? That's a good question because we know that Talokan is the capital city, but they don't really right. refer to how many other cities there are. And I, I was wondering, the two other leaders, are those his right hand or are those leaders of, say, those tribes similar to what we have in Wakanda where there's... That's another great question. Th- that's a great tribes. question. Maybe they maybe there are music? other settlements. <laughs> Theory music. Theory music. Theory yeah. music. I think you have to. At this yeah, point. I'll give him some theory music. Yeah, when are we getting an MCU Aquaman movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's December 16th, The Way of the Water. Jason no. Momoa, James Cameron, <laughs> team up. Um. I did appreciate, though, really quick about Talokan. I, I just wanted to. And we didn't spend much time there, but what I did really appreciate about how they showed this, they could have done this Atlantis trope. Once again, there's so many different movies. It's like, here's the fallen kingdom under the waves. But how they weaved it in directly with Mayan civilization, it made it more relatable, real, and was just really enjoyable to see all of the different artifacts in the back that were all still based around that same type of civilization. As you're wading through the water, you know, right. you'll, you'll see in the background just interesting structures and just a really beautiful whole sequence. I think my favorite of the movie. Yeah. And you guys were both kind of touching on it. I mentioned in the spoiler free episode that we had some recurring themes in this film. And, and right. One of them is the horrors of colonization. And we see that with the Mesoamerican underwater city of Talokan mm. and yep. uh, Namor's origin story. And the horrible diseases that were brought over to Central South America, as well as the terrors mm-hmm. of slavery and pillaging. But as a viewer, it again pulls at your heartstrings when you recognize that the inspiration behind these civilizations is, is constructed and fabricated for such horrible origins. This, th- it just, it's a parallel. It's an exact parallel to Wakanda and it just it it makes sense that the two civilizations eventually find an understanding in one another as they've both been isolated due to some degree of historical oppression and in that i like to think that there's some degree of silver lining and and it's symbolic for growth in terms of how the world has progressed and uh taken a different perspective on history mm-hmm. going back to shuri in that kind of the final moments and they really made a great parallel between those two characters and and these civilizations once again i thought it was just great writing on the part of ryan coogler to kind of pull in namor and really relate that story arc over directly to what sheree's going through her loss his loss the loss of both of these different peoples Mm -hmm. um and then climactically them battling in the end yeah we get that huge battle a classic marvel movie battle with just hundreds of nameless characters getting thrown at each other (laughs) just 
endless fighting. <laughs> Although we did get one of my favorite shots of the movie was when the warriors of Talakon were riding in on these whales and some of them got yes, flipped yeah. by the killer whale's tail yeah. and just like launched them up onto the boat. That was hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that at was the same time dope. as which we had one of my favorite action scenes in all of the MCU was when they put the Dora Milaje over the edge. Yeah. And, those oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were holding the wire. And that choreography, I can't imagine how frustrating and long it took to actually shoot those scenes, but it paid off. They looked yeah. very cool. It looked and, awesome. And very, it wasn't just like, oh, a Mission Impossible, let's make him fight on the side of a building. This was an actual thing. The, the, the land and sea had to fight somewhere, and it might as well be on the side of a ship. So it made sense in-universe, as well right. as uh, taking a step out of the, the movie itself. Choreographed was just wonderful. It was so cool to see. That was a great battle scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a touch of research here in the background. We talked about is the capital city kind of this one main hub or is it you know all throughout the ocean? And who are these two left hand and right hands of King Namor? We've got Namora uh, portrayed by Mabel Caldena, who doesn't have a, a huge, uh, maybe uh, the plot points weren't there, doesn't have many lines, but I think it's going to be more important mm. when, when Black Panther returns. Uh, as well, Alex Livinali, who portrays Tuma, who does get more, gets that fight. The fight with the Koya. Yeah, yeah, yeah which mm, is... Great fight, by the way. The, the warrior yeah. scene, which is mm. really cool. So he's got a little bit more to do in this film. But I think both of them, as the left and right hands of Namor, are going to have a bigger role to play in the future. So hopefully we see them return, because even in their small roles, I thought they were very mm. important. Yeah, let's For talk sure. about the future a little bit. Where is the MCU going from here? So this was the end of Phase 4, correct? Right. So yes. can we get a recap on what happened in Phase 4? And then let's see where we think we're going for Phase 5. So where did Phase 4 start and what happened in Phase 4? Phase 4 started with, obviously, after the snap here and the yeah. ending to, to Endgame. The first movie, I believe, was Scarlett Johansson's movie. That's correct. Black Widow. Followed then up by uh, Shang-Chi. Yep. You've nailed it so far. I've got the list pulled up. We've got Eternals, which uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals, and, and even Spider-Man a little bit you can kind of play with because of the COVID pandemic. We, we mm. kind of mixed in, and moved those premiere dates and everything. But yeah, you've got the order correct. Uh, we move into Doctor Strange as 2022 comes into play. Um, oh, oh, well, I don't know if we could talk about this. Uh, there was a Thor movie. Uh-oh, don't oh, tell Jake. God, don't tell Jake. After, <laughs> after Doctor Strange, but don't you dare say the title. <laughs> uh, we can all agree that, I mean, in my opinion, Phase Four was definitely the worst of the phases so far. Ending with this movie, um, I did actually like Black Panther. Probably, it's at the top, one of the top movies on the list for Phase Four. It just, you know. It's hard to say worst. Worst sounds so harsh, yeah. but I understand why you're Did saying. Did not live up to as wonderful as, especially Phase 3. Following up Phase 3 was a very difficult thing to do. How do you do yes. that? Yeah. Um, but Let's call this, if you will entertain the idea, let's call Phase 4 halftime, you know? Yeah. Maybe well, we have a little orange slices. Yep. Maybe we go over the game plan. <laughs> we, we make some substitutions. <laughs> I'm, I, I just kind of came up with this metaphor, but I'm rolling. Yeah, it. I mean, it is kind of I, like I, a reset. <laughs> it is a reset. Yeah. You're, roll, you're rolling the cooler across midfield. 
<laughs> Everybody takes suns. a little breather. <laughs> yeah. You put the orange peel it's... in your mouth, make it look like you have yellow teeth. And then <laughs> you turn around, you get ready to defeat someone who's trying to end the universe. Um, yeah, yeah I, I do agree with that. It's calmed down a bit and it's not quite as exciting, but it can't be as exciting as Thanos destroying half the universe. So now right. hopefully things are ramping up and what's going to happen in phase five? Yeah, so some exciting news in the MCU. Tom Holland recently signed on for three more movies between Sony and the MCU. So mm -hmm. Spider-Man's coming back, which is pretty sweet. Like I was mentioning before, we have the development potentially of the Dark Avengers. We have Jon Snow, Kit, uh, Kit Harington, <laughs> entering into the MCU, which will be exciting That's to see night. in the next phase. Yeah. You know, we have Guardians 3 coming out. This is, we're going galactic. <laughs> we're going galactic. Ooh, that's a cool tagline. Phase five, yeah. going galactic. Phase five, yeah. yeah. The multiverse is definitely going to explode. I think the title of Multiverse of Madness was a little misleading. I think we were all expecting a little bit more to come of that in terms of crossovers with characters, but um, they're, they're going to also expand on this further in Loki 2 with the multiverse branching out, sort of, fracturing and the consequences to come from that but there's a lot ahead they can take it in many directions so andy do you think that black panther 2 set us up for the mcu moving forward because i'm not sure if yeah. i get a good sense that this movie is leading into anything special I, I i thought that black panther 2 while it wasn't it's not something that's going to move the needle in terms of the overarching storylines of the marvel cinematic universe but individually as its own movie was really good and propelled that specific nation forward and those storylines well forward. That's kind of how it was in, you know, Black Panther 1 and some of these others. You know, not every one of these Marvel movies needs to go and be the Kang the Conqueror. I think this did set up the Wakandan characters to really reprise a great role in the next Avengers movie when that comes out, specifically like, Kang Dynasty and, and Secret War is coming in Phase 6. Phase 6? Oh, man. Phase 6 is already on the docket for Ooh. 2025, <laughs> I believe. 24 and 25. <laughs> but what's really, what I'm very excited for is our next movie, Quantumbania, which is the one that will propel the full MCU right. forward. And that's, yeah. yeah. Yep, you hit the nail on the head with that, Andy. 100%. Andy, you, yeah, you, you made me think about this in a whole new light. Tell me if you guys agree with this sentiment. Black Panther 1 and, and Wakanda Forever could easily have been a movie and a sequel outside yes. of the MCU. Mm -hmm. Sure. They have, yeah, they absolutely. have the, the strength in their characters and acting. They have the strength, obviously, in their production behind the scenes. But as well as it does fit into the MCU, and, and obviously we know that they are Marvel comic characters, I think that these two movies could stand on their own and still be regarded as, as some of the better superhero movies, even outside of the Marvel mm. universe. And you just hit on a meta comment about the themes of the actual movie itself of Wakanda and Ted. <laughs> I guess that's true. Con wanting to, you know, be separate from the rest of the world, wanting to live their own private lives. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, right. Look at you. Meta That's, commentary. Wow. On a <laughs> I didn't need to do that on purpose. Again, Andrew just kind of gave me the idea there. But to capstone that comment, it's a matter of, and you're right, Jamie, but to capstone that, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Badness, we know where the MCU is going. We, we've got, obviously, multiversal level 
threats coming as we've just had a universe level. So we kind of have to go bigger and do multiverse. And we will. And we're excited for that, certainly. They got a great team behind it. We know Marvel's going to pick it up after this phase four. But it just feels to me that this movie should be celebrated individually and could be if you wanted it to. So the fact that it's part of this phase four kind of reset, I don't think we should read too much into because truly both the first movie and, and additionally this movie in phase four could be standalone. And I think that fact should be celebrated. Yeah, beautiful. And let's do let's do a quick round robin. Out of all of the titles that have come out in phase four, where would you place Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever? Oh, I'm placing it and, at the top. I'm wow. placing, well, ooh, hmm. that was my initial thought, but now I'm thinking about it. I really liked Loki. Well, Loki was a can great you clarify? Show. Oh, so are we including shows? Yeah, we are including shows. Oh, mm. that's even tougher mm. challenge. Mm-hmm. And Jay, clarify here. You, you just mean overall impressions, or do you mean progression of the MCU or importance? I'm saying, I'm saying as like their own standalone features, because that's kind of where we're at in the reset okay, phase with I phase gotcha. four. Um, just in their mm. own sort of environments. For me, here, I'll, I'll start with some context. Go for, for me, it. The number one in phase four was Spider-Man Homecoming. Or, mm. it's a Homecoming. No Way Home. No Way Home. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. That movie was absolutely monumental in terms of bringing back Tobey Maguire and uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. This is a very close second. Very close second. And I think everything else is pretty, pretty much further down on the list. Yeah, for me, Jake, I... I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, it had all the nostalgia factors. We, we can go into that at a different time. That was my number one film, I think, of Phase 4, followed up by Shang-Chi. I loved mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, and I loved the introduction to that character. And then I think, actually, Wakanda Forever would be the next one on that list, much then followed down by, I think, those are at the top. <laughs> and then there is a big gap for me, uh, yeah. hitting then Eternals. And then, you sure. know, some of these others with uh, Love and Thunder being probably one of the bo- ones at the bottom with Multiverse. <laughs> oh, don't Whoa. say it. Whoa. That's like music to my ears. Oh, my God. Can you say it again? <laughs> Actually, Jamie, say- Jamie, you look disgruntled with. Say it a little louder into Chris's speaker. Stop. <laughs> Love and Thunder. Bottom of the list. Jamie looks disgruntled with with the comments. I so am far. disgruntled. I thought Love and Thunder was a great movie. And I'm pretty sure Taika Waititi was fired <laughs> yeah. as, from the MCU as a result uh, of that film. But I think I no, was also... No, that's well, not okay. true at all. This is not a Love and Thunder I podcast, so we won't get too much into it. But I Jake, back it. to timeout with you. Yeah, yeah, Go back to timeout. No one but, cares about Love and Thunder. We're talking about Wakanda forever. So yeah, Chris, if you want to say where you think it ranks in phase four, and then we'll go around and just I say... I need her. to hear what you say right now, because you look very stressed with the past two comments. Well, yeah, that's just because I love Love and Thunder. But we're not talking about Love and Thunder. <laughs> we're talking about... Where would you rank it? I would rank this at the top of Phase 4. Maybe not the number one top, gotcha. but like, yeah, in the top tier of Phase 4. This is absolutely yep. up there. There's been a lot of other ones that are lower tiers for sure. But Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, a very solid outing. I'm right there with you. I, I think for me, it's the top film if we're doing films separately from the shows. As far as properties themselves... Believe it or not, I still think WandaVision is the best thing well, to come out yeah, of Phase 4. Yeah, I, 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 that might be point. primacy bias going all the way back to the very first thing we saw after Endgame. But mm. WandaVision was new TV, regardless of the fact that it was Marvel. It was a really new way to tell a story. So That's as true. much as I loved Black Panther, and I do think it's the best film to come out of Phase 4, 
If you're asking me that question, Jake, I think I got to go with WandaVision. Okay. Yeah. Like so, honorable mention for She-Hulk, by the way. Just got to throw that in real quick. <laughs> I think if you guys haven't watched it yet, you really need to, because that's another way to make television, and it just blew my mind. But yeah. Kevin. Uh, but bringing it back to Black Panther, let's let's go around as we bring this episode to a close, and let's let's talk about what our favorite parts of the movie were. If we've missed any of our favorite parts that anybody wants to bring up real sure. quick. Is there any parts that stood out to you as like, this is the Black Panther movie I was hoping for? You know, one thing that we haven't touched on is Mbaku's character. And yeah. he, oh, yeah. every time he's on screen, he just brings joy. Like, he's a fun yeah. character to have acting. And, and, you know, I thought that he didn't have as big of a role as I, as I wanted in this movie. Yeah, he was featured pretty heavily in the trailer to not be featured yeah. in the film. Uh, yeah, but that's, the, that's I think a great point. my favorite moment with him and Shuri is right after the funeral. That was such a wonderful moment between those characters. The dialogue played really well, and it was just a beautiful moment that I hope we get more of with M'Baku, because I, I think yeah. that actor can deliver those. Although he's the grunt of the group, he really is partially an emotional leader of the group as yeah. well. Yeah, great supporting character, and Winston Duke definitely embodies yeah. that role very well. My one musical element that I absolutely loved in this movie was when T'Challa's casket, as it's being raised sure. up into the Royal Talon Fighter, there's the Black Panther theme music. Mm. And it actually has somber overtones as it's elevating mm -hmm. and ascending into the sky. And I just thought that was just so beautiful and such a outstanding honor for, for Chadwick Boseman. I think... If we're choosing favorite scenes, it's got to be that throne room scene where we do see the deranking of Okoye. So mm. much emotion. Or yeah. again, it goes back to my previous point, how these could be standalone films. That had no major significance to the MCU, and yet it was probably my favorite scene in the film. It was just top-notch acting, top-notch relevance to what was going on at the time, and you could really feel the emotions of both of those characters. Honorable mention for the title card, which I know we talked about for just a brief second, but it's not really a scene, so I'm not sure if I can pick it. And again, it doesn't have any actors or actresses or any of that, so I, I'm not sure if it's fair to do that. But the oh, title no. card and the way that they handled it, uh, it, just all images of Black Panther, all images of Chadwick Boseman, and just having no music. We didn't even hear, you know... When you go see a Marvel film or fire up a Marvel show, you're excited to hear. We didn't need to hear that this time, and it further proves that. Yeah, it's nice to have a moment of silence for Chadwick. I totally agree. It's an emotional set piece that primed me for the large journey that we're all going through as an audience member. So the title card was that honorable mention, but I think the throne room scene was just so powerful and such a great scene. If we're going to do honorable mentions, the one thing that we do have to talk about real quickly is that final mid credit scene. Yes. Which I, yes. I, I would say, in my opinion, that's the best post credit scene that we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. And there's been a lot, I starting <laughs> with, you know, the original with Nick Fury, but it pushed along the storyline for Shuri, for Nakia, for mm -hmm. Prince T'Challa. That was such a great moment. That did a number of things. It like honored Chadwick and and the passing of this child's father, and then it set up future storylines that I'm excited yeah. to see. 
Yeah, we've never had a post credit scene like that that's emotional Agreed. before. They've always yeah. just been previews right. for the next movie to come out. But this was yeah. or, a scene that... Or something ridiculous, like eating shawarma. In or Howard the Duck. Yeah, or something ridiculous. <laughs> well, I guess that was kind of emotional, to be fair. Yeah. That, yeah. that brought a tear to my eye to see them eating shawarma. I love shawarma. But this was a post credit scene that furthered the emotional development that we'd seen throughout the movie, for Shuri specifically. And mm-hmm. it was... I guess the last moment of the movie that made me cry among quite a few yeah. of the tearjerker moments in this film. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, crying in the post credit scene, something that's never happened in a Marvel movie before. So I'm glad you brought up the post credit scene, Andrew, and, and I'm glad you commented on it, Jamie. One thing I picked out, again, in looking at some past videos for review, we hear the line, who are you, in both the end of Black Panther 1 and Black Panther 2. And I think mm. that's really, really relevant to through line both of these films. We hear it as one of the, I don't think it's a named actor, it's one of the kids in the Oakland Outreach Center asks mm. who T'Challa is in the end of the first film. He says, who are you? He doesn't answer, but then the title card just goes to Black Panther, which is great. So we obviously know who he is. Right. Shuri asks, who are you to young T'Challa mm. in that final mm. scene when he says, you know, that's my Wakandan name. Uh, I, I, actually, the Wakandan name is Tis- Tisu. To, his Haitian uh, name? The Wakandan name. His yeah, Haitian name. His Haitian name. Or his yeah. Haitian name, yep. excuse me. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His Haitian name. Uh, that name escapes me, and, and that's, that's bad on my part, but I guess we'll just have to watch it again because it's not on, <laughs> you know, not on film. Uh, <laughs> she asks, after getting the Haitian name, says, who are you? And that's where he says, I am T'Challa, son of King T'Challa. And we get that big moment, obviously, and that's a huge reveal for the future of the MCU. But as an emotional through line, to hear that line, who are you, asked to the new potential Black Panther is a really cool reference from Ryan Coogler, who obviously wrote and directed both. So Mm. he did that on purpose, but it was really cool to pick out that little reference. That's a great callback, Chris. That's a great little catch there. In fact, you get the callback of the episode award. The Academy Award goes to Chris yeah. for the greatest callback of the episode. Uh, Congratulations, all right, so Chris. This was a great film, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. A great way to end phase four of the MCU. Before we close out the first ever episode of the Hero Hoopla podcast, let's go around and let's get some very brief final thoughts on the movie and give it our hoopla rating on a scale of one to ten hooplas starting with andy well as you heard in our non-spoiler review once again wonderful directorial outing by ryan Coogler. writing was beautiful just how they were able to achieve this movie after having to rewrite the script and everything that we've talked about the only part that i did not enjoy as much was riri williams character Outside of that, I thought it was a great movie with a great villain, great introductions to new worlds in Talacan. And I gave that a 7 out of 10 hooplas. Hoopla. Hoopla. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, this was an emotional spectacle. It hit you in all the feels. All the acting was so incredibly well done. For me, you know, I felt that, like I said in the non-spoiler review, the movie dragged on a bit. It was really slow in the second act, and, and that kind of took me out of it for a good bit. But all of the characters were so well drawn out, and you could really feel the passion and the motivation for each one of the participants in the film. And so 
I have to give it, a, just like I said in the non-spoiler, I'll give it a sound 8 out of 10. A very enjoyable film, and I'm excited to see what Shuri does in the future. Yeah. What Black Hoopla. Panther does in the future. Hoopla! Yeah. Hoopla! And what about you, Chris? Sure, yeah. Everything we've said so far, just to you really put a lid on it here. I, I loved the film. In talking about it, I'm going to actually change my rating from the spoiler-free Uh-oh. review to now our spoiler review. Spoilers. I, Spoilers. I I've, I've ta- <laughs> You're giving spoilers for the spoiler-free review. <laughs> oh, man, that's so meta. If you haven't listened to the spoiler-free review yet, go back, listen to it. And then <laughs> listen to, to it. To know what Chris is. Chris, don't tell them what your original review was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell them. Who would listen to the spoiler review? without listening to the spoiler free review if you were not ready for the rating uh, <laughs> i initially gave this a 7.5 i initially gave it a the 7, seven and gave, yeah. the, gave the full 7.5 but i'm actually going to bump it up to an, a full 8 and be right Let's there go. with Jake. 8 Hoopla. out of 10 Hoopla's. Hoopla. I, I think in talking about it and just revisiting some of those emotional states that we saw from everyone in the cast everyone in the cast was on point here I don't think there were any dropped performances. Again, we talked about Ironheart and Riri Williams, that character, not at all a dropped performance. I just think we kind of agreed that maybe that was something that could have cut the film down a little bit. But as far as performances go, as far as storylines go, everything here was just really exceptional. And I think they took a script, they took a tragic thing that happened to our Marvel family, and they turned it into something beautiful. So for that, it should be celebrated. We've talked at length about how it could have been a standalone film on its own and still been impressive. So within the MCU, I'll give it an 8 out of 10. It really was an impressive emotional journey. Hoopla. Hoopla. Yeah, I, Hoopla. I'll agree with, with most of what everybody said. I, the acting was phenomenal. The visuals were great. The pains of going the last. <laughs> music was fantastic. I wasn't the biggest fan of the story. Maybe not the most interesting story we've ever seen, but that's kind of how it goes with a lot of these Marvel movies. Not to hate on sure. Marvel or anything, but you know, they've made a million movies and there's going to be some repetition with some of the storylines. Right. Um, but from an acting standpoint, a directing standpoint, I thought it was fantastic, beautiful. I'm going to stick with a 7 out of 10 hooplas on this one. I really enjoyed it. Very fun movie. Uh, I highly suggest anybody who hasn't seen it yet to go check yeah, it out. This one is not missable. Um, why are you listening to the spoiler-filled review? If you haven't seen the movie yet, go to the theaters, go see this movie. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us for this first episode of the Hero Hoopla podcast. We are excited to be diving into the MCU to some of the other superhero properties. So if you guys have any preferences on what we talk about next, if you have your favorite superhero TV show, superhero movies that you want us to watch and review and bring the hoopla all about, just let us know. You can find us on all the socials at Hero Hoopla or at the Hoopla Podcast Network, maybe. (laughs) And as we end every episode of the Hoopla Podcast, it is the time for the moment of highest hoopla. What do you have for us this week, Andy? As our queen, Queen Ramonda said, I am the queen of the most powerful nation in the world, and my entire family is gone. Have I not given everything? Hero Hoopla! Wow. It was like Angela Bassett is here on the podcast with us. <laughs> <laughs> is wow. that you? Is that it's really me. you? It's me.
Beautiful. It's me, oh. lift me up, whatever that song was. Me you're looking for. All I right, stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good work, team. <laughs>